Is Dallas Cowboys right guard Zach Martin the best guard in NFL history? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are continuing with our positional previews as we get ready for the 2023 season. Today we are talking about the Cowboys' interior offensive line, and we've got to start with Zach Martin. And my question for you, we let off with it in the intro, is Zach Martin the greatest guard in NFL history? It's a bold statement. It's a it's a you know it's a it's a hot take. Uh, it's 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 it would be a hot take if Zach Martin didn't belong. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that even though it being those things like. it, it feels like this is not that outrageous a question to ask as you start digging into it a little bit. Look, I think, you know, and, and, and we just were talking about it in a world where we, you know, nowadays list the greatest players of all time and, 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 you know, don't have anything, you know, earlier than 95. Uh, I think it's easy for us to get kind of short-sighted in our era as to, you know, who the greatest players of our era are and then kind of extrapolate that out to, the, to them being the greatest players in the history of, of, of the sport. And I think you and I mentioned, you know, a couple of names that, you know, of guys that are, you know, pre-70s, pre-80s guys that, you know, I think back when guards probably really, yeah. really mattered a lot more, uh, the Jerry Kramers of the world that probably need to kind of get thrown in here and mentioned sure. – uh, but I think if in, in the world that we live in, where basically everything started since uh, you know we were born or whatever, yeah. I think it's I think you know he is on that list, and I think he's at the very top of that list. I think the accolades alone put him in the striking distance of having this conversation. And then on top of that, I think you know when you go and watch the down by down play of his, and I think that's the other thing about the position is that it's such a nondescript position that like. You know, you're not going to have a highlight, a great highlight package of Zach Martin. I mean, you may have some great blocks where he's knocking people down. If you know offensive line play, you certainly sure. appreciate him. But you know, it's it's not like a receiver where you know the the, the flashes you're going to see with the, the Hall of Fame. It's it's the it's the consistency year it's in the and year out, he, right? The year in year out and snap in snap out the way that he is playing at a, such a high level consistently, constantly through injury through whatever. Uh, that is what makes him so, so special is just the high level of, of consistent play for as long as he's had since he's come in the league. Um, I, I think that is kind of his calling card. And, and I think if you're going to make that argument uh, at a position where you, you don't see a lot of you know, people making flashes at the position, uh, it would be it would be appropriate that such a non flashy player such as Zach Martin would yep. be considered the best at uh, uh, at that position of all time. So the the guy that I think if you're going to have a conversation about who's the greatest guard ever, you mentioned Jerry Kramer. I'm going to mention John Hanna, who played yeah. for the Patriots. Now during his career, he had nine Pro Bowls, seven All Pro uh, selections, was on the All Decade team in the 70s 
in the 80s, which is really hard to do. You compare that to Zach Martin, who has eight Pro Bowls, six All-Pros, and was on the 2010 All-Decade team. I feel like if Zach Martin puts together like three more Pro Bowl seasons and an All-Pro selection, and he makes the All-Decade team in the 2020s, it's going to be hard to to say that he's not at least the, the best guard over the last 20 or 30 years. My question for you is this. Do you think he's the best Dallas Cowboys guard in franchise history? I mean, obviously, we're you're, you're, you're slowly mentioning Larry Allen here, which I think is a name that kind of has to be thrown into this conversation as well. Uh, Larry Allen is one of my favorite players of all time, and I would tell I would tell you that Larry Allen – you know, before the Zach Martin, Tyron Smith era, Larry Allen was probably my favorite offensive lineman the Cowboys ever had. Yeah. Um, I think Larry, you know, is a different type of player. Larry is actually the example of the flashy offensive lineman, right? Because he is a guy whose highlights you could include. You could show him running 60 yards to chase down a linebacker against the Saints uh, on an interception return. I think it was his rookie year. You could show all the John Madden clips of him just crushing dudes and John Madden just freaking out in the booth. Like, there is more of that. I would say that I think that Zach Martin, at his position specifically, just playing right guard, has set a standard at that position that I I think is hard to meet for any player. I I think Larry Allen – thrived at both guard and tackle and was mm-hmm. a very different type of player physically, you know, obviously with his strength um, and, and the way they played. And I don't know that he played with the, the same level of consistency that you saw uh, uh, Zach Martin play, uh, you know, throughout his career. So I, I tend to think that Zach Martin maybe was a better guard than, than Larry Allen, but I, I also, you know, think it's, it's tough to call anybody a better offensive lineman than Larry Allen and be yeah, a Cowboys fan. I, I mean, I'm also kind of biased here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to move my webcam a little bit. You could probably see there's a there's, certain Zach yeah. Martin jersey in my office. So, uh, I, Zach Martin's one of my favorite players of all time. Let's just yeah. be clear. The consistency, coming right in and being dominant, and now we're going into his age. What, this is his age 33 season? And – that was going to be my next question for you is how much do you think his game has declined or do you think it has declined at all over the last three or four years? Uh, I, I think that there's been times when we've seen him struggle at uh, while injured that uh, that was surprising just because we haven't really even seen him that yeah. beat up before. Right. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think when he's healthy and right, he's still one of the best guards and still the best guard in football. Uh, and and still plays at such an incredibly high level. I mean, like, even though, like, think about some of the other things, too. I, I think the thing that makes Zach Martin so interesting for Cowboys fan is that it's not even just who he is and, and the way he's played. There's a symbolism aspect to it, right? Think about how he was drafted, right? It was this, it was this flying in the face of the national media that was assuming that the Cowboys were going to make the stupid choice, the flashy choice and go after uh, Johnny Manziel. And in reality, I I think it was a declaration to a lot of the NFL, a lot of people outside of Dallas that, Hey, this team kind of knows what they're doing when they're drafting, you know? So uh, I think him being that, this kind of that symbol of like, of uh, stability, of like uh, of, of of getting the small things right, you know. I, I think that is 
kind of also playing into the lore of Zach Martin uh, uh, that he coming into the league, as opposed to the Johnny Manziel pick that everyone sort of assumed was going to be the pick, uh, you know, early in their careers. I was actually going to go a different way. It's, it's, he's one of the symbols of like, sometimes what you, what you don't get ends up being better for you. Like, for example, they wanted Ryan Shazier, right? That's who they were going to draft in 2014. Ryan Shazier ended up getting picked by the Steelers. At pick 15, the Cowboys settle for Zach Martin. He ends up becoming, again, I think the best guard of all time. The Cowboys wanted to trade up and draft Paxton Lynch. They couldn't do that, so they decided to wait. Wait, they wanted Connor Cook. Connor Cook goes ahead of them in the fourth round. Instead, they settle for Dak Prescott. Like This has happened over and over in the franchise history. Sometimes when they end up settling, things work out unbelievably well for them, like in the Zach Martin case. There certainly is an element of it's better to be lucky than good. Yes. That, that happens in the draft. Yes. I, I won't I won't argue that point. Uh, all right. So Zach Martin is really the only sure thing on this interior offensive line for the Cowboys. Let's talk about the left guard, the center position next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. You can also go bet on NFL futures. We've got boxing. There's UFC. We've got tennis, golf, anything you can imagine. FanDuel has it. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we are back here on Lockdown Cowboys discussing the interior offensive line for the team going into the 2023 season. Landon, let's start at left guard because that's a position that we focused on a lot this offseason. We talked about on yesterday's show for all you everydayers that we think Tyler Smith is at least going to start there. If it's not Tyler Smith at left guard, who do you anticipate starting there? Uh, I mean, that's the five fifty million dollar question, or whatever you want to pr- put the price at. I mean, sure. it's 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 tough, and I and I think that ultimately that's what that's what we're trying to figure out with all of this, right? I think we it all fits into place on the offensive line very clearly uh, until the point where you get like, okay, we understand the contingent plan for Tyron Smith is to kick Tyler out to tackle if that's, if that's the way we're headed. But what's the plan that left guard after that, right? And that's the part that's still being kind of worked on. And I think you're going to see a pretty serious competition between some veterans, some younger guys, uh, all to get in there and kind of see who can kind of fit the fit the bill. I, I think the first name that we have to mention here, just because of chops and because of you know what the interest is and the kind of the fact that we just keep hearing the name is Juma Doga. They, they clearly had interest with him when he was with the Jets before. They tried to get him, I think, in the 2021 season, if I'm not mistaken, um, and things didn't work out, and they they do did finally get him. He's an interesting guy, and we, we've kind of talked about him a little bit, uh, but I, I think there is some uh, potential upside here. He's still very young. Uh, he didn't play a lot of guard in the NFL, despite, frankly, having a body type that fits better probably at guard than tackle. He's very unusual body, very unusual yeah. athlete, um, and I think that his best tape that we've seen so far as a pro 
has been at guard. And he, I think he's started only like two, two games at the position. So I think he's an interesting candidate. They're going to get some looks there. He, obviously he has tackle experience as well. So he'll get some looks out there and he'll be in part of this equation of the Tyron Tyler uh, third offensive layman to be named sure. later triumphant. That's going to happen when the, the, whenever there's an injury. Um, but there's also some younger guys who are going to compete there. Um, I, you know, obviously we talked about uh, uh, awesome Richards, who is a, a, mm-hmm. a fifth round pick. They got a, a college free agent from Oregon. I say Oregon, you say Oregon. Uh, uh, TJ Bass, yeah. yep. uh, who's I think uh, an interesting guy who played tackle was uh, I think an All American at tackle was. for, for yep. Oregon, and 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 I think fits physically better as a guard just because of his game. Um, you know, we'll also get looks from Josh Ball. They'll get, you know, they'll probably potentially get some looks from Matt. Well, let's go. I mean, they're, Matt, they're gonna... what about Matt Farniak? We should mention him. Oh, yeah. Him. Obviously, Farniak as well. I, I can't can't forget him. He, he, I think, is going to be probably the guy that is, you know, really the next uh, veteran between Adoga and, 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 and Farniak that he's going to get a look there. Yep. Right. I think they'll definitely be looking at Farniak as a swing center guard guy. And I, and I was definitely planning on mentioning him in yep. the center conversation. Cause I think he's an interesting choice there as well, but I definitely think everyone that we've, that we've been bringing along for a couple of years, short of Tyler Biotish, obviously, cause he's your starter. will get a shot. I yes. think at that left guard spot to see who kind of kind of fills that role just in case Tyler has to swing out to the tackle. I think if you were to ask me, like, okay, who starts at left guard? I would say, okay, what time of year it is, right? Yeah, because, that's fair. I mean, in June, I think it's going to be Tyler Smith. I think in August, it's going to be Tyler Smith. But if, heaven forbid, Tyron Smith gets hurt, right, let's say, first week of training camp, that's when I think the Cowboys would look at signing a veteran guard like Dalton Reisner or Andrew Norwell but I don't think they're interested in that now. And in fact, I don't think either of those guys are interested in signing now with the Cowboys because they don't know if a starting job is available. And the Cowboys yeah. don't know if a starting job is available. So that's why it really depends on where we are at calendar-wise on who's going to be the starting left guard. It's it's an odd situation. I mean, we described it yesterday. It's, it's a situation where I can't def- def- definitely tell you who's going to be starting at left guard. But I, I feel like the choices that we have are very good. And and I, I feel comfortable with Tyler – more than comfortable with Tyler Smith as your left guard. Um, I, I think everything beyond that is going to be – you know, you said what time of year it is. I think we could be even further simplified by I could tell you who's playing left guard if you could tell me who's playing left tackle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like or, I, no, I, And just like is Tyron Smith healthy? Like I, yeah, I can tell oh, you who's that, playing left guard of Tyron Smith. Yeah, healthy, exactly. Right? So Because I think, you know, listen, I mean, again, we've talked about it. The Tyron Smith backup situation is not making us worried because – we feel good about Tyler Smith's future as a left tackle, but the, the uncertainty comes in in replacing Tyler Smith's spot at left guard. And, and that's yes. what, and that is where they are uh, employing a throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks uh, uh, situation, at least in training camp. And then, yeah, yeah, if they get through training camp and it doesn't look good, or if they get through a couple games and someone gets injured, that's when they start thinking about making the call for a veteran, but not until then. Yeah, I've got three quick questions to ask you about this left guard spot. So let's assume Tyler Smith is playing left tackle and Tyron Smith or Tyler, Tyler Smith is playing left tackle. Tyron Smith is just out of the equation for whatever okay. reason. Okay. Who do you feel the most comfortable to get you through a game? I think I think Adoga just at, at this point because he has experienced uh, more yeah. experience than the others. 
but I think Farniak, I, I want to see where Farniak is, is coming into yeah. training camp. You know, I have a lot of, I have had a lot of confidence in him and a, and, a, and a lot of excitement in him. He's big, he's physical. I felt like he just needed some development. So I, I'm interested to see exactly where he is. Who has the, uh, the uh, of the group, who has the highest ceiling and the most long-term potential to be like a starting caliber average guard in the NFL? I think I think awesome Richards, right? I, I think the guy is has has some. I mean, as far as like uh, that's interesting. Talking, I, I was going to say Farniak, to be honest. You know, I think that they're both. I kind. We're going to get to it. I want Farniak at center. Honestly, mm, I, okay. I look. You want my hot take from this whole this whole uh, podcast? I think Farniak and and Biotis should be in competition for the starting center spot. I I, I think that there was a, a, a look. Biotis was great last year. I would no you problem. move Biotis to? We'll get to that. But would you move Biotis to guard then? I think I, if Farniak was good enough that I was considering starting him at at, at center, then yes, I would okay. I would start entering Tyler Biotis into the conversation. At guard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. Last one. If the Cowboys had to go out and sign a free agent or they had to make a trade. Is there anybody in mind that you would like? Is it Dalton Reisner? Is it Andrew Norwell, who is kind of like in his early 30s? Is there somebody that you're interested in? Well, Reisner, I don't – I feel like those particular two guys aren't great fits for what you're I think that's do, the issue. Right? Right. Like, like Reisner is – like I feel comfortable with Reisner as a pass protector – but he's not moving anybody on off the line as a, as a no. blocker anymore. No. And Norwell – is specifically a very good man blocking guard and, and not so great at, at zone blocking. And I think that the, you know, the Cowboys are going to be kind of, again, leaning heavily in a zone blocking scheme. So, you know, that, that's not a reason necessarily not to sign him if he's good, but sure. I think, you know, it's a lot of money. He's older. There's definitely some risk involved in signing him. So I don't love that either. I don't love that those guys, neither one it's of them. It's not a great fit this. for either of them. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think you, they should really lean heavily into trying to see what they can get out of what they've got internally, because I do think that there is some talent here. You know, I think some of these guys are probably going to be a little too green to contribute right away and awesome and specifically TJ Bass. But if you could find something between uh, Adoga and uh, uh, Farniak, uh, you know, at least yeah. early on and, and hope and, and kind of go with that similar idea of like, you know, maybe they're not ready to step in and start week one. You just hope that you can get through the first few weeks with yep. what you've got. And then by the middle of the season, you feel a lot more comfortable with what you have. All right. You kind of teased it. Let's talk about the center position in Tyler Biotis and if the Cowboys should extend him next offseason. Next. Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Every day is on tomorrow's show. We're going to be talking or we're going to be answering your Twitter questions. So make sure you send them to us at Marcus underscore Mosier at McCool BCB. But today we're finishing up our interior offensive line conversation by talking about Tyler Biotis, who is going into year four. This is going to be his third year as the starting center. We think uh, last year from pro football focus, he graded out as the 25th center in the league. It was actually the worst year of his career, but <laughs> I really, but I really admired his toughness coming back and playing in the playoff games last year after suffering a high ankle injury, battling through. I thought he played well in the playoffs. This is a tough one. What do you think the Cowboys should do here? I think it's a tough one. You know, I, I think that Tyler has done an admirable job at, at, for most of his career. Um, you know, I mean. I think that last year was 
a drop off in play a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I think the injury is obviously a part of that, so we're not going to you know slam him too much on that. But but I also think that it's not like he was playing irreplaceable football before that. You know what I'm saying? No, he like, was basically a league average center before that. Yeah, and so I actually was surprised. Was it last year? I was surprised that that we haven't seen any kind of. Uh, competition at center even going back to Connor Williams and Connor McGovern right like they they got uh, looks at center late uh, and so you know that didn't really actually insert them into any kind of competition during those training camps I'm hoping that there's more of a competition we got a new uh, offensive line coach I'm hoping that there's you know everything's kind of more open because look I, I think Farniak didn't necessarily play fantastic when he was on the field last year but I also think that more snaps and more opportunities at center would help. And I also think that – I think the Farniak's a much better athlete than Tyler Biotish. Um So I think that there might be some more upside there than, than that's untapped. And, and so the, 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 prob- the problem with this, though, unfortunately, is that center is such a cerebral position. And you ha- experience is valuable, right? And so – you know, you don't just necessarily want to pop a, a, a an unproven center in the middle of that offensive line. So that's kind of the downside, obviously, with someone like Farniak. He's, he just hasn't played a ton of snaps. Biotish has a lot of experience. Uh, as far as re-signing him, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like he's played basically replacement-level center football, right? Yeah. Like he's been a starter, but I don't know that he's been a, a – good starter at center he's been an average maybe above average at times starter right i would say if you look at the kind of the the roster construction of the cowboys i think it gives you some signs what's going to happen here right so they have matt farney or yeah matt farniak who i think they want to maybe get ready potentially to be the backup this year maybe to compete with tyler biotish but they kept two centers on their practice yeah, squad that's true. all yeah. year long alex lindstrom and brock hoffman Alec Lindstrom is way more of the zone blocking center. He's like not even 300 pounds, but he's yeah, a really good athlete, not. right? Yeah. Brock Hoffman is a little bit bigger, uh, not massively bigger, but I I think they're getting ready, those guys ready. So by year three, they could potentially be options if Tyler Biotis leaves in free agency. And maybe this year, one of those two will be on the 53-man roster, you know, just getting ready on game days. Yeah, and I, I do think that the only other thing that is I think needed to be weighed in here too is that I wonder if – I think that the change in pass blocking schemes and, and, and how they're handling the pocket, that may have an effect here on how they're kind of constructing this offensive line. They may even lean further into needing a stronger front of the pocket. So if that's the case – you know, you wonder how much strength and weight someone like uh, Hoffman and, and Lindstrom put on in the in the off season because, you know, like you said, they, they getting to the second level and blocking, uh, no problems. Those they guys can, are just so miss. much smaller than Biotis. But yeah, they they twenty they're twenty pounds lighter than Biotis in some yeah. cases. So, uh, not that Tyler Biotis has necessarily you know been a uh, a strong player, but I, I think as far as a pass blocker in, in the front end of a pocket, he's done a good job for the most part in working in conjunction with guys. Now, maybe when you have someone like Tyler Smith as your left guard, as opposed to someone like Connor McGovern or or, or yeah. some you know some of the other guys. You can afford to have a little bit smaller center in there just because you can kind of work with guys. But 
it's something to consider because I, I do think that's going to be part of a, a major part of the consideration of what's going to happen at the center position moving forward. If these guys are just completely undersized. I also look at their division, right? Look at the, look at the other three teams in their division and the defensive tackles they have. Washington has Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and they signed Ashawn Robinson this yeah. year. Yeah. Philadelphia has Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and a bunch of other guys on that depth chart. And then the giants, They've got Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, who might be the best pure Let's nose tackle in the league. Yeah. So you can you afford to go small at that position? I know you you can't build your roster just based off your division, but if it's close, you probably would go with the bigger guy there, right? I mean, it's a third of your games, right? Yeah. <laughs> that you're playing against really, really, and the most teams. important of the games, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is a certain amount of roster construction that happens in uh, reaction to uh, uh, the the division. And I don't think that that's necessarily a terrible thing because you're guaranteed to play a third of your games every year against these guys, right? So uh, I, I, I think that that, that is, again, something that has to be weighed in here. And, 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 and I, that's why I tend to kind of lean back into – the idea of Farniak being the guy because he's a bigger guy. Uh, he's, I think he's, he may not weigh as much as Tyler Biosh, but he's right there. And he's also got better length. Uh, and he, so I, I think that, yeah, the idea may be that, you know, you, you got these two kind of undersized centers, but can you really rely on someone that size to step in and play center? So the Cowboys have given themselves options for sure. Uh, to kind of you know shield themselves off from having to necessarily resign Tyler Biotish if they decide they don't want to do that, but we're going to definitely need to see more from uh, Farniak. I mean, from uh, uh, Lindstrom and, and Hoffman yep. uh, in order, you know, size wise, in order for them to kind of enter the combination, uh, the, the competition. And then we're definitely going to need to see more from Farniak just from development level uh, if, in order for him to be in the competition as well. Camp battles aren't really a thing anymore it just doesn't see it feels for the most part like your your roster's kind of set going into training camp but i am interested in the left guard in the center position because i won't be surprised if we get some shuffling kind of from what the roster looks like at the beginning of training camp to the starting roster in week one uh as the cowboys look to find their best five and their best backups behind their starting five that is it for today's show we want to thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen every day Again, every day or on tomorrow's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions. So make sure uh, make sure you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosier at McCool BCB. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check us out on YouTube. Uh, follow us wherever you you listen to your podcast, and we will see you guys right back here tomorrow.